Welcome to the Be Great Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the eight-man football coaching community. Here we discuss scheme, program building, program culture, and building and spreading the eight-man football game. This podcast is brought to you by Anywhere Apparel. Are you looking for custom screen-printed and embroidered gear for your team, coaches, and fans? Contact Anywhere Apparel. That's Anywhere, A-N-Y-W-E-A-R Apparel. We have access to all the great brands and items that will have your team looking their best. We are a locally owned small business that works with teams, businesses, and individuals. Next time you need custom apparel, make Anywhere Apparel your go-to. Contact Anywhere Apparel at art.anywhereapp at gmail.com. That's A-R-T dot A-N-Y-W-E-A-R-A-P-P at gmail.com or on the phone at 319-385-1763. Today's guest on the Be Great podcast is Coach Jason Smith. Coach Smith is the head man at Lighthouse Christian in Idaho. Coach has been coaching football for 26 years. He has been in eight-man football for three of those years. Coach started his playing career at East Bay High School near Tampa, Florida. He continued to UCF for a year before injury forced him out of playing. He has been at multiple places before landing at Lighthouse Christian. Coach Smith was at All Saints Academy when they won a state championship in the SSAC in 2020 in eight-man and in 2017 in 11-man. That 2020 squad was number 15 in the country in rushing. Coach's team was number 10 in scoring in Florida amongst all schools uh, in six, eight, and 11-man with 44 points per game. And that's even with pulling starters at halftime in six of those games. I can't wait to talk about explosive offense with Coach Smith today. Please welcome Coach Jason Smith to the Be Great podcast. Coach, welcome on. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Um, so I would like to start with everybody um, talking a little bit about their coaching journey and uh, some of the mentors um, they've had along the way. Um, so why don't you go ahead and walk us through your coaching journey and how you got here? Well, I went, um, as you mentioned, played at UCF for a year, got injured and came home, sort of started working and ran into my old, one of my old coaches who was the head coach then at the time at my school and said, hey, come out, help us with spring ball. I said, oh, okay, sure. Thinking it's easy, fun, you know, come out there, do it and be done. And really sort of saw that was, uh, you know, as they say, caught the coaching bug, really got into it. Um, it was great to be at my alma mater. Uh, got to help a little bit with uh, the JV program there um, ended up coaching some guys that were, you know, freshmen and sophomores when I played there. So uh, sort of a good connection. And uh, that really just started it for me over the years. I've been in some different jobs where I wasn't a teacher, so I couldn't necessarily just stay at the same school. Um, but guys really opened some doors for me to uh, put some things together to be a part of some great programs, be mentored uh, by some of my former coaches. So, my first JV coach, Dan O'Regan, uh, my first year when I became a, a full head coach, he actually came out and helped me install the, the offense at spring ball at Bell Creek Academy in, in Riverview, Florida, and um, sort of walked me through that. We've stayed in touch over the years. In fact, he was one of the last guys I got together with before I came out to Idaho. And um, Brian Thornton, is, uh, he was my O-line coach. Uh, for part of my high school career, then he was the high school coach and uh, taught me a lot about triple option and uh, how to use that over the years. His son, Mike, was a good inspiration. So I've been blessed to be around a lot of guys who just love the game of football, love kids, and uh, just want to help each other out. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and you kind of mentioned, um, you know, in your notes, too, that you know, you get some wisdom from some guys and you can watch what they do and maybe what you don't want to do, you know, and so through your playing careers and, and picking up, you know, you can and choose, you know, how it molds you, you know, you become the best version of all those guys, um, you know, right. and I think as a coach, that's, that's really important that we, we show that to our kids too, that, you know, you, you don't have to do everything that, you know, I do, you can just pick and choose from different people to help shape yourself. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. Let's dive right into, uh, the football, the, the rush game at All Saints okay. Academy. Uh, you shared some films with me. I was very, very impressed. Um, in fact, we're looking at one of your formations and some of those plays. Um, we've got some kids that can, can really, you know, run the ball, I think. So, um, and one of those was the, you ran a two by two with your quarterback under center uh, and the, the slot guys actually were real tight wings. You ran some orbit motion, you know, power and counters and, and things just like a lead two out of it. 
yeah. you know, talk about where, how you kind of came up with that formation. You know, when we think two by two and eight, man, you, that, you know, everybody's thinking throw the ball out of that. Right. Um, just kind of talk about how that evolved. Well, and we, um, our head coach, Stuart Weiss, um, another one of my mentors, I've worked with him the last six years. Um, and as we worked together, looking at the offense, we just started seeing some, some tendencies from some of the teams we were playing and um, what we could take advantage of. And we had some very athletic kids at some of those positions over the year, last year or two in eight man that I was there. And so we, we did it partially to be able to, you know, either run it with the wings or spread the guys out at wide receiver. Uh, can go, you know, four passing guys. Um, but then we started looking at those tight formations and it just really created a lot of mismatches for us. Um, guys able to get across a formation. Um, if we did want to throw up some passing routes, it helps us with our, with our protection. You know, they don't know what cover the wing, cover the wide receiver, who's blocking down, who's going out. Um, so it really became a great formation for us with some teams. Uh, again, it's a balanced formation um, most of the time. And so it takes away the ability of them to sort of overload one side of the ball or the other. Um, now, we would move a guy over. We, we can go overload with it uh, where you've got a button basically becomes bunch trips to one side. And now you really talk about putting some teams in a bind. It creates some opportunities uh, on the backside where you sort of force them into some coverages that you want to get to in the run game and in the pass game. Um, so it really became a great formation for us. Had a lot of success, a lot of touchdowns. Uh, like you said, the ability to have that orbit motion um, and then come back with some other things that uh, went away from tendencies for us. So it definitely won us uh, several games over the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, I kind of asked, you know, how you're able to put pressure on the defense. And you kind of talked about that, you know, with your alignment, being able to move those guys. Um, so, you know, as we talk a little bit about defense, though, uh, as you put pressure on them, did you get junked a lot with that as one of your formations? Um, you know, where most times they're going to be a three-man front, all of a sudden they're running two-mans at you or, or something like that. Yeah, you would see a lot of adaptation. Um, guys who, and I think sometimes, honestly, the def defensive coordinators would overthink it and, and really try to, um, you know, overload, come off the edge and, and take that away. Uh, but the beauty of that formation is they can't take it all away because they can they can try to take away my edge plays. I can just flip it with you know certain tags. We're going to bounce it inside. I'm going to change it to a quick pass, get them out in the flats, or you know I can go quick screen out of it. We can go QB draw. Um, so really, you know, our biggest thing with our run game is we want to force them to cover us from the line of scrimmage to the goal line and sideline to sideline. Um, and that's that formation we knew was going to be very effective being able to do that. Um, and if they wanted to bring a gap pressure, we were already pitching the ball by the time they're coming in the a gaps or we're running a counter. You know, they're already past it. They over pursue. Um, so it really just became a very versatile uh, formation for us. And, and honestly, overall, pretty cheap install. Yeah, and I was I just circled that on on there. You said simple to install, tough to defend, and I yeah. think as coaches we always want you know high return for our investment. Um, yeah. You know, so it, let's talk a little bit about how that just and not necessarily just that formation, but what helps separate you from your opponents in the run game. Um, you know, it, like you said, it wasn't sophisticated. So what was the difference? Um, you know, just you had a bunch of dudes up there, or you know, Honestly, how did it separate you? If you looked at, I think I sent you a film from the 2020 and 21 season. We went from, you know, I had one kid that was 6'6", 315, that ended up not doing a whole bunch for us because he wasn't coming off and it wasn't being a dude um, to where we went. Our center was 145 pounds the year we won the state championship. Uh, just a bunch of gritty kids that got after it. Um, honestly, we used to joke that, you know, if you're too slow to play wide receiver, you're going to play, play line for us at eight man. Um, yep. And, you know, they loved it because they got last year, my center had a single digit number the year before the center was number 21. So they felt like they were still a, a skills guy with their jersey number, at least, if, you know, for those who didn't know, they, they see him in the hallway. Oh, he's a running back. We're like, let him go with that, you know. Right. Right. You know? <laughs> um, but the, the kids just, you know, we were blessed over the five years I was at All Saints. Um, we had a, a great work mentality. Our head coach really set the culture with that, that we were going to work hard, we were going to be disciplined, um, and the kids bought into it. And I think the biggest deal with the run game 
not being sophisticated. We could be in a third and six situation and kids would go, okay, coach, run this play. We got this. I got him right. here, you're here because we'd rep it so much. And, and I think uh, one of the things I've seen over the years, and I've had friends who had thick playbooks. I mean, they look, you know, uh, college level uh, type guys. If you were um, just looking at the number of plays they ran, but sometimes I think we're out to coaches get too much into, okay, I'm going to prove how much I know when it's not that it's okay. I got to prove how much I can get a 15 year old kid to run for 48 minutes on a Friday night under some neon lights. Um, and it, it was just the buy-in though. The kids worked hard. They took pride in it. Um, our, our saying that we had the uh, state championship year in last year and I brought it with me to Idaho is habits reflect the mission. And it was just a way to keep guys accountable. Uh, if we weren't getting after it up front, if my backs weren't blocking, um, we're like, hey, okay, we, we said the mission was to win championship. We're not working like that. Um, and then, I, you know, being a UCF guy, stole it from Scott Frost now in Nebraska, uh, but no block, no rock. I saw a couple of clinics with him. And so that's what we told our receivers, like, hey, we're not going to throw the ball for 4,000 yards a year. But you guys – you get your chances, you're going to get touchdowns. So we had kids that averaged, you know, 19 yards of reception, had 15 catches, but they had seven touchdowns. Um, right. You know, <laughs> so um, it, it really is just the, the buy-in, I think, would be the biggest thing I'd have to say and repetition that they knew we've run that play a hun- literally 100 times that week in practice. And they believed it. They be- believed in the system and they believed in their brothers next to it. So, um, you know, you talk about repping out those plays, um, you know, you're not going to have, a, like you said, a, a bunch of different ones if you're getting 100 plus reps a week. Um, and you had said that one of your bread and butter plays was uh, QB power, kind of just kind of paint the picture for our listeners, you know, the formation, um, you know, everything about what that bread and butter looked like, you know, if that's your base play, what what's it look like, How, you know, what are guys doing on that, just walk us through that. Um, the biggest thing is we, that was one of our plays as, as most of them, we could run out of any formation. Um, we could run it out of a base eye under center, um, you know, two wide receivers just out there on the line of scrimmage and, and three alignment, uh, your old school eye formation. We could do it from a, a wing gun look. I could do it from that double wing two by two set. Um, we could even go Really, we could run it from our spread set because we had the ability we'd go a slot right formation and I'd motion the guy across and then we'd leave with the fullback. So we'd line them up and spread. They put in their, you know, nickel personnel and we're still running the ball. So it was really something of keeping it simple up front for the for the big fellas. And then our running backs really were the ones responsible for that success. I was showing my team here at Lighthouse the other day. We ran quarterback power against the team um, out of Orlando. I must have run a thing about 18 times in a game. We probably had four touchdowns off of it. And my all-state running back uh, was 25 yards downfield blocking after we got through the first level. So the kids just knew their assignments. Yep. And you can run it from any formation. Um, and, you know, when you don't use the QB in the run game, you're already playing one down, especially an eight-man, as you know. Mm-hmm. So we just, and, and when we were 11 man um, in, you know, 2017, 2018, 19, we ran a pistol diamond formation. Uh, we ran wishbone our first year there. We were trying to get some stuff going. We put in wishbone from my old days and we'd run quarterback power out of it. So it's become a staple of the program there over the years, just because it works from any formation and any situation. Plus we have three or four plays off of that that we can run with one guy changing assignments. So it really makes it easy. So um, I heard you say, you know, you ran the, the wishbone, you brought that from your days. Um, yeah. So is that kind of your influence? You had said earlier, you know, you played in the triple um, with a guy, were you wishbone triple? Um, you know, were you, is that, is that kind of what, you know, preceded this, this offense, right? It's you've kind yeah, of got we, those principles. Yeah, we had um, now, as much as I hate to admit it, when I was at UCF, we hated Georgia Southern um, as a team because they knocked us out in the semifinals the, um, the year before I got there when I was getting recruited. But I loved their offense and what they were doing uh, up until this last year. They made their coaching change. 
Um, so I've always had triple option. And then I coached in it a couple of public schools. Um, and we did uh, on the JV freshman level, it was true wishbone. And the only mm-hmm. thing we was tight end left, tight end right. And then we implemented the Georgia Tech, uh, the broken bone yep. with the wings. And then we took really from New Mexico State um, is where we got the, the inverted bone, the pistol diamond, we called it. And it just gave us angles everywhere. Yep. Um, even when the, the defense didn't think we had the angle or the numbers, it created that for us. So then an eight man, obviously we have to do that a little bit. You got to have five on the line so you can't do true wishbone. But just a lot of those concepts of some of the triple option, giving us a simple read to my quarterback. Um, we had a really good quarterback for a couple of years. And then last year we had a great freshman stepped up. Um, he was a little bit more talented throwing than he was running uh, last year, a little bit on the smaller side. Um, but he still ran that power well. He ran it on our JV program uh, really successfully. So it just stays with the kids in the program. They know you know, if we call power, we expect we're getting six, seven, eight, ten yards. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the expectation. Right. I mean, anything less is, is, I mean, you hate to use failure, but that's the expectation is, is to get there, you know, and, and I love the triple. I mean, I could watch Navy, you know, yeah. when Paul Johnson was at Georgia tech. I mean, I enjoyed that more than I think watching guys chuck the ball around. Yeah. Um, there's just something, you know, it's like a dance almost, you know, just watching those guys. Um, you know, those offensive linemen hitting the angles and, you know, those fullbacks, they'll bash their head in 45 times. It doesn't matter because that one time they're going to get a 65 yard run out of it, you know. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I love that. Offense, um, you know, we, and when I was at my old high school, and we ran it one year. We had all three backs had over a thousand yards rushing. Yep. You know, so it's just a it's something they get to see and. Uh, and it, it creates mismatches. Um, I'm looking forward to it, um, you know, trying to see how it works out here against some of these teams. And um, out here, we're full width field. Florida, we played 40 yards wide. Wow, that's going to be – I mean, that's – that's. We'll, we'll get into Idaho 8-man here in a little yeah. bit. But, I mean, I, I can't imagine, you know, playing on a full width. Is it 100 yards too? Yeah, full 100 yards, the full oh, deal. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's got to seem huge with, you know, only 16 guys out there, but yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how you script or plan um, your offense from week to week. Um, you know, you've already said you keep it simple. So I'm sure you're not drawing things up on the whiteboard on Sunday to add in, um, you know, so how do you pick what you're going to, you know, really hammer home that week um, as you're going into your game plan? I think the big thing, and, and sometimes, you know, the, the adding in on a Sunday is just a, a wrinkle or a tag. Um, we're not recreating the wheel, you know, it's something we, we work with with the boys, we see it and throughout the seasons, we'll say, Hey, now if, if it presents itself, you're going to do this, this, um, our head coach and I, um, worked real closely together. Um, so we'd be sending each other text messages all weekend about what we're seeing on film from the opponent. Um, so I'd start, start sort of scripting at Sunday night, getting into Monday, we'd review some things, see what the kids understand. Um, and sometimes even you know, by Thursday's walkthrough, I'd change a couple of the plays that I, that I would plan on the script, but it really would be number one, I'd try to do some things formationally. Um, I want to see who they're going to cover, uh, wh- where they're putting their best player, where they're putting their weak- weakest guy. I want to see what they're going to do with motion, um, especially on the, the full field out here. I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, motion will get them to sort of show you real quick if they're playing man or zone. Mm-hmm. Um, also seeing what their eye discipline's like. So I start looking at some of those things and also just seeing which one of our guys was sort of had the, the hot hand or foot as it may be mm-hmm. um, that, you know, the one week we were like, okay, Hey, we've got to run counter trap every possible way we can. And we'd run it from the balance formation. We'd run it from the spread two by two. We'd go unbalanced and run it to the weak. We'd run it to the strength and every possible way we can look at it to set some of those things up. If, if we see a defensive end um, is big time coming up field, really opens up a lot of those trap plays, the, yep. the power for us. Um, you know, we love to see that. My old linemen love to see it. Um, and then just seeing, too, how patient is their defensive coordinator and how patient is that 15, 16-year-old kid out there playing DB where, okay, he's chasing the guy downfield five, six, eight, ten times before we throw the pass his way 
and his DB coach is telling him he's got to get up there and get involved in the run game. And now I know I'm going to have a wrinkle off to that. As soon as he commits, mm-hmm. we have a tag, we'll, we'll change it up. And the very next play, we'll go back to what they just gave us. Um, so I'll probably, I'll typically script anywhere from 12 to 20 plays. Okay. Um, the good nights is when I know we're, we're at halftime and I've only had to use six of them. Uh, and the boys are coming up going, Hey coach, this is open. This is open. I'm like, yes, sir. It is, but we're not putting anything more on film. Let's stick with it. Right. Yeah. Okay. We're good. Yep. Right. And kids, I mean, kids get it when you talk, you know, cause they're, you know, we rep this or this looks fun and all that. And Hey man, we just need to run power all night. And they're going, okay. Yeah, we can get it. I mean, Um, we've had some teams we ran, we ran our base lead play against, and our running back averaged 20 yards of carry because their defense coordinator never adjusted to it. So I was like, you know, it goes back to the old adage, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm a, right. I'll run. I did yeah, a clinic just... uh, after that championship season and someone messaged me afterwards like, hey, coach, you know, um, it looked like you sort of used like the same clip several times. I was like, nope, they gave it to us that many times. Right. Uh, so, and yeah, scratch where it itches. I mean, that's yeah, that's what you got to like, do. Absolutely. And they, like, it you takes you back to your <laughs> right. That takes you back to your triple days, right? Just run veer yeah. till they fall asleep. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm a run midline till you take it away, and then I'm a I'm a veer it. And you're gonna try to take it away. We'll go back to midline. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, and you kind of talked about getting your best matchups. You know, in your your weak link, and I think it was uh, Coach Delano we had on here. You know, they they run single wing. Everybody knows they're just gonna run the single wing, and he said. You know, you might have any, they, they t- tell their kids, you might have eight in the box, but there's not eight that want to tackle, yep. you know, and that's exactly what you got to do. We all have that one defensive back or that one kid that he's going to do his best to, he'll get near it. Right. But yeah. he doesn't really want it. And that's, yeah. the, you know, that's where you got to find that kid. Um, so let's talk, we talked a little bit about how, you know, you're getting a hundred reps, um, you know, so let's talk about what practice looks like for you guys. Um, are you, you know, and, and, you know, individual and then group and then team, um, you know, I, I, what I call, I guess what I, you know, individually right word by position group to me is like running backs and linemen doing like an inside run or yeah. quarterbacks and receivers doing like a, I guess, five on five, it's not seven on seven, but right. you know, that kind of thing. So that's what I call group. And then team, right. Is your eight versus eight. So, um, you had written something down called SACRAT. I've seen that yeah. before, but I'm not super familiar with what that acronym is. So if you could cover that as you talk through this, that'd be great. And, and again, for us, um, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. We all steal from each other and, and try to convince our kids we came up with it, I guess. Right. Um, you know, they're like, oh, my gosh, coach. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's my old coaches. Right. Um, but the S is stance. Uh, the A is for alignment. The K is for key. R is for responsibility. The second A is for assignment. And then finally, technique. So is that used as like a, a walk and talk or is it, um, you know, you'll line up, all right, we're, we're going to run, you know, cause I don't know what your numbers are like, right. We don't, we don't have a ton of numbers. And so, um, you know, to me, that would be like, some people call it like duck walk, you know, or you, you kind of just walk through it and it's not live or anything. And so, okay, here's where we're, we're going to line up in this formation. This is probably what we'll see. And then like walk through it or, you know, is that just like a constant reminder? You just, was it sacrat? Yeah. So, I mean, you just yell and sack right at your kids as you're going. How, what's well, that like? Part of it is, you know, they won't necessarily know so much that term. Now, sometimes we'll talk about guys. Remember, hey, this is what we're focusing on. But as I'm doing drills, I have certain drills each day. And in, in Florida, in the SSAC, we were limited to 25 on our roster for eight man. Okay. Um, when, when we talk about Idaho eight man later, I'm learning it's not a 25 man limit. Um, <laughs> but you know, so I'd look at my indie drill. So with my running backs, I'd go, okay, technique. I'm going to talk about ball security, high and tight, you know, right. footwork, that kind of thing. Okay, what's your assignment? On this play, you know, fullback, you got to come block the DN. So throughout the practice, we integrate each one of the techniques every day. Okay. Um, to make sure that we're covering that. And we will, like with our old linemen, we will do stance and start every single day. Right. Offense, defense. I was the OC at All Saints. I also, I also coached the D-line. We went over stance and start on the D-line every single day. Some days, two minutes. Some days, 10 minutes. If we were if, if we were doing some things that got us out of whack, 
weren't coming off the ball, okay, we're going to focus on it more. Uh, we would do one step, two step, or one step, three step, five step handoff drills on a regular basis, just working on that pocket, the mesh. Um, obviously, with, with integrating triple, that's very important. Um, always talking about our keys, you know, as we're going through team, um, a lot of times we'd go fast in team and then, you know, review, okay, hey, now remember, sometimes we do team teach where we'd stop and slow it down to saying, hey, what's your key? Okay, what's your read? Nope, your foot was supposed to go left foot, right foot. You know, we're this, we're that. Right. So we're reassigning. They're like, oh man, that's my assignment. Oh, this is how I'm aligned. You know, my running backs, all right, your right foot's going to split the crotch of the guard in front of you. You know, if you're at wing, you're one and one. Receivers, I want this foot up, this, you know, uh, pre-snap. Pre so it's just sort of a good reminder for us. Um, but we would do the same thing because of those numbers we platoon. So we're, we're doing offense and defense every day. Right. Um, Indy some days again is, is by need. Um, sometimes we'd end up with, you know, 25 minutes of it because we wanted to focus on a few things um, or a new play install for the back to understand their, their path, that kind of deal. Sometimes we'd go 10 minutes of Indy. And like you said, the group, mm -hmm. okay. Having the, the line, running backs and linemen together. So when we wouldn't run around our screens, and our power plays, they're able to get that chemistry, that timing together. Cool, excellent. Um, so let's we're going to shift gears here a little bit, just to kind of find out what uh, football is like in different areas here. So uh, very unfamiliar uh, with how eight man Florida is. Um, you kind of mentioned you were um, handcuffed a little bit with twenty five guys on a roster. I know there's a lot of guys in Iowa. We'd be ecstatic with twenty five guys on a <laughs> roster. Um, and so it's just kind of a little bit different, but you know, like how big are schools? Are you making cuts then if you can only have 25 guys, you know, just kind of talk a little bit about what that looks like and what a team or a school has to look like uh, to play eight man. Um, in the SSAC, which was Sunshine State Athletic Conference, we're the biggest independent conference in Florida. Um, now it's just at about 200 schools across the state from the Panhandle to the Miami. Um, and none of the schools can be over 800. Um, typically they're in the two to 400 range, uh, especially in eight man. Um, when I was at all saints, we had 165 kids. The last two years is why we played eight man, uh, and moved over, uh, from the 11 man game. Um, you know, our biggest roster in 11 man while I was there was 28 guys, 29 guys. Um, so that's sort of the landscape. Um, I was at a, my school prior to all saints was a charter school. They had about 400 in nine through 12. Um, so they were a little bit bigger. They transitioned back up to 11 man last year. Um, you know, we had played them the year before. And it's, you know, I think it's just some of the schools may have more kids, but they just don't have as much of an emphasis on football or um, schools feel that way. So, you know, the state champ last year, um, great coach, great school, um, but they've, they've got um, a lot of, people in the community that for a couple of years were against football everybody's like you know if you play football it's an instant concussion and everybody gets them kind of thing yeah. um, you know a lot, of, a lot of garbage kind of that so you know they might have had more students than us in the school but they didn't have as many to keep the football team up so they made a decision to, to play eight man and um, we had a lot of great schools great coaches just some great dudes um, we had a single wing team um, out of Gainesville that we played in the state championship game. Um, heck of a battle in the regular season and the state championship. And um, last year they moved up to uh, back up to 11 man and uh, we're very successful with it. So it gives the conference gives people an opportunity where we've got a zero tolerance policy on recruiting. Um, so, you know, you're going against like minded schools, guys, they're going to do it the right way uh, for the right reasons kind of thing. So um, are a lot of the eight-man schools then, are they private and charter schools or are there some public yeah. schools in that? Um, all of those for us were private or charter. There was the one charter school that did it. Okay. Um, but that's where all private schools. Okay. That's, that's, that's interesting. Um, you know, I think, especially here in the Midwest, we have fewer private schools, you know, through our state. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the majority, I think we have like, we'll say 75 eight-man schools in Iowa. And I think there may be four, four of them or five of them are private schools. You know, there's not very many. Um, and ours is just based on enrollment, uh, 9-11. Um, you know, in some states, I think they, they talk about like your boys 
um, you know, the yeah, amount of boys and things like that. Ratios just, and kind of stuff. Yeah, just in, in some have like a success factor, you know, if your team's been good, then you play up. And 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 so Iowa won't go to that, I don't think, because we, you know, our fields are 80 by 40. And so you move either one goal post or two, well, that's an expense, you know, yeah. and we're a small school, so it's not something we can afford to do every other year, things like that. But all right, so you've made the trip now from Florida out to Idaho right? First of all, that's a big trip, big life decision there. Um, you know, but what's, uh, what have you found out in the, in the little bit of time you've been out in Idaho this spring about eight man uh, football learned, out there? Yeah, I've learned we're the only, um, private school in the state that plays eight man. Um, so the rest are all, all public schools. Um, so that's interesting the way everybody views us. Um, I'm coaching, I'm our head track coach as well. Um, so I'm getting to, start to see some people at different track meets and um, also learning spring in Idaho is a little bit different than Florida. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Have you got, did you get, uh, have you had snow yet at a track meet? Oh, my, well, we canceled one last week because of snow. There you um, go. <laughs> so tomorrow we've got a middle school track meet. The high is going to be 45 with 20 mile an hour winds. So. Yep. Um, Sounds like I'm, Iowa. <laughs> yeah. I may, I may wear a jacket for that one. Um, but, you know, so I've learned that there's a, you know, in our, our division, um, our conference is the toughest in the state, I feel, looking at it. Um, on our schedule next year, we've got six uh, playoff teams. And here they do Division One, Division Two by enrollment. Um, okay. Over, I believe it's 85 is the cutoff. You go up to D1, um, 1A, D1, 1A, D2 is 85 and under. Um, so we're about 94 students at my school and high school. Um, so we moved up to the upper division last year. So this season's schedule, we've got the defending state champ, the runner-up uh, from the high division, and then we've got the state runner-up from the division below us um, and six total teams that were playoff teams last year. Um, yeah, we're, we're coming off an 0-8 season, and they if they, had won, if they had won the last game of the season, the strength of schedule was so good they would have gone to the playoffs as a one and seventeen. Wow. Yeah. That's when you got your hands full coming into there. So I mean let's talk about well this let's talk a little bit about what it's going to take, right? I mean you, you obviously are facing some quality teams. Um, you know, so what's it going to take, you know, to step one um to get you guys on the map, right? To to get you guys going there. I think the biggest thing, and, and we've been successful in the past year, they've won three state championships since 14. Um, okay. And, uh, or since 11, I'm sorry. Um, so they've had some success, you know, just last year they hit that bump in the road, had a coaching change. And I think the biggest thing I'm seeing already start to happen is buy-in. Um, we got a, got a new head of school last year who brought me in, um, new administration, um, pretty much and they're raising the bar academics arts and athletics so now we're getting the boys to buy in where i can show them you know hey here's my team from florida here's what we did but you know i've got there i had one receiver above six foot i've got four six foot three plus guys here as oh, well um i've got three linemen that are 300 pounds um you know so we're going to work on their footwork we've got a new uh, you know, some new options we're looking at to move some guys around. Um, we just broke the school record in our four by one. We're number one in the state in our classification. So we're going to have some speed. Yep. Um, so that's going to, you know, I think that's going to help us. Um, we're going to have to, some teams are going to have to pick their poison. Um, but there's a lot of, from the film I've seen, a lot of well-coached teams, uh, a lot of just great, you know, farm communities, hard blue collar mm -hmm. type teams. Um, they just work hard, get after it. Um, one school, I think every, it seems like every boy in their school is on the football team because I looked at film and there's like 50 guys on the sideline. Right. Um, you know, so I think it's just going to be buy-in and uh, they're excited about change. Um, they, they like, you know, what they've seen from the offense and, and also demonstrating to them what we're going to be able to do with it on a full-width field. Right. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing. Um, we started morning workouts. Uh, the other morning it was funny. Uh, Monday it was cold, snow on the ground. And uh, one of them was joking. Oh, I was going to dress warm, but I know coaches from Florida, so I figured we wouldn't be outside. 
So I said, okay. So Wednesday, I drank an extra cup of coffee, <laughs> put on the winter parka in about three layers, and we stood outside. We did practice when it was, you know, 16 degrees. So right. um, I'm learning to overcome some of the elements, but I just, I love our kids. I love their work ethic. Um, same thing. We've got a lot of agricultural kids uh, that we're blessed to have. We've got some rising freshmen um, that I think are going to be huge for our program uh, because of their work ethic. A lot of high character kids, um, so that's going to be really big for us. And looking forward to getting to September seconds, our first game, and um, our bye week is week one, so we uh, we'll be playing some Ironman football going straight through. Um, yep. So our, our conditioning is going to be huge for that. Um, but our guys are used to success. Our basketball team was in the state tournament this year. Um, they lost to the number one team in the state, who won the state championship by I think forty. Um, so they love to compete, um, great, great family support and buy-in. So I'm excited to see what the future is going to bring here. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like everything's, you know, it's a positive situation, you know, even if you go, oh, and eight or oh, and nine or whatever it was, um, you know, and your, your kids are buying in and excited, you know, cause it's easy to get very apathetic about, uh, football, if, especially if you were yeah. in the state tournament, you know, as a, as a basketball team. So, yeah. I, you know, it, before, it'll be interesting to see how things are going to go. I mean, I'm yeah, excited 20, for you. 2019, they won state uh, in football. 2020, they were third place, you know, so they've been there. So yeah. part of my job is now to remind them. Yeah. And again, I started from day one. I walked in the door. Actually, before I got here, we had some Zoom calls. And I told them, I said, guys, get this in your head right now. Habits reflect the mission. Um and the kids that were helping set the culture, we had um, a 7 a.m. track practice. Kids are getting there at 6.30, um, you know, and, and they're jumping on the kids that are coming in at 6.45 saying, hey, that's late. You're, you're only 15 minutes early. We're late. So they're creating a great culture. So the, the administration, the previous coaches have built a, a great foundation. Um, last year, you know, I really just feel it was a blip in the road yep. with a coaching change and different, they had a lot of injuries. Um, so I, I think that we're going to have an opportunity to compete very well this year. Um, so you kind of talked about, um, you know, you, how you have great family support. Your kids are really buying in. They're setting the culture. Um, you know, you shared a picture with all of us on the Telegram app about um, your charter bus with this big old yeah. amazing wrap on it, you know, as the rest of us ride junkies old yellows to to games you know you've got a, a charter bus with a, an awesome wrap on it so I mean, let's talk a little bit about your community support um you know and just kind of what what that's like um you obviously knew coming in that you were going to have great community support um you know so uh and you talked a little bit about your school right they're great at the arts you know so there's a lot of support just for your school in general yeah. um you know in your football field is or your football team excuse me is, is benefiting from that too. So just talk a little bit about how your community has embraced your, your, your program, not just you and your program, you know, but football school in general about the support of that. It's, it's just really neat um, to see it. Um, they did a big um, fundraising auction. Cause like I said, we got a new head school. So they've sort of changed some things up um, of how they were doing, um, you know, starting with fundraising and saying, Hey, we need to continue to raise the bar. So they raised the money, bought the bus, got the wrap, redesigned. Uh, we sort of did a redesign of our brand uh, logo. We changed our lineup a little bit from what it was, keeping some of the traditional um, elements of it, the, the LC on our helmet um, and on the field um, you know, that's been there. That's going to be still incorporated in everything we do um, to some point or another. Um, but so many of the families, the school has been here 26 years, several of them. Um, you know, they've had multiple kids come through the program. Some of them played here that now have either kids or cousins. Um, and so I think they just know, and we're one of the only Christian schools in the entire area outside of Boise that has football, basketball, the full athletic program. Okay. Um, so it's a good magnet for us with that. Um, and when we went to Boise for the tournament, the, you know, our bleachers were full and that's a two hour drive. Uh, for our families so they want to support um, yeah. the program like that and they want to provide those things and uh, we, we're in the middle of um, starting a building project and drawings are all done now you know looking at okay how are we going to raise the funds this week we're tearing out our old turf field we're putting in a brand new turf field 
um, multicolor blue and gray were alternating oh, stripes. Cool. Sort of like Central Arkansas has the stripes. Yep. Um, had to get permission from Boise State, you know, to use a different color than green. So a lot of just exciting things that families make happen um, because they want their kids to be in a Christian environment yep. um, and be able to have that influence. Um, and then also be very successful in all phases, you know, athletics, um, athletics has been successful. Our girls volleyball team, girls basketball, um, last year, girls swimming, we had it for the first time ever. They ended up taking, I think, third or fourth place at state. Um, we just started softball this year. Uh, the first game I thought was the polar vortex. It was about a 30 mile an hour wind. We're standing out there watching it. Um, you know, so it's just one thing after another that um, Steve Denny as our head of school came here and is implementing a lot of that vision um, to our families to continue the legacies that have already started here. But we, we want to take it to the next level. We don't want to just win championships. We want to build a championship program and a championship culture that yep. will continue to perpetuate itself. Well, it sounds like, I mean, not even, I mean, just a championship athletic department. Um, you know, and championship art department and stuff. So it just sounds like you guys got your schools going the right way and everybody's kind of buying in. I mean, it sounds like from one coach to another to the administration, heck, your, your cooks are probably involved too. And your janitors and all those guys want everybody to be successful, you uh, know. So say that again, my, my, uh, uh, yeah, no, yeah, I just, I'd said, you know, you guys got, everybody seems to want to be involved, you know, you got, everybody's having success and, you know, one coach to another, you know, your athletic department's going to be great, your art departments, you know, and then I said, maybe your cooks and janitors, you know, get them a jersey or something, you know, because it sounds like everybody's on board there, so. Well, my, our facilities guy is actually my middle school head coach. Hey, there you um, go. So, you know, that, and that's the thing, I go, uh, I'm also the, we, we call it student discipline, basically dean of students at a public okay. school. Um, so I'm in that role as well, besides, you know, head football and um, assistant AD. So I'm interacting with kids every day in the classrooms and hallways. So, you know, I'm already starting to pump up the, the kindergartners, elementary kids. We're going to do some camps this summer and, you know, say, Hey, get this fall guys, you're going to be, you know, we need you at the game. You know, yep. what you have to the guys, um, our football players, we're going to be out opening up car doors for our elementary school kids, walking them into school, oh, cool. just investing into, you know, we want them to be looking up to our guys saying, man, I want to be them you know, in a few years, instead of thinking they want to go play somewhere else, um, you know, just building that, that culture all the way down to those families in kindergarten, elementary school. So, you know, it even affects the way I do my job with Dean of Students as I interact with a third, fourth, fifth grade kid. They're not many years away from me coaching them right. and then being part of our football program and starting in middle school. Um, so we're going to create a culture with them. I was like, guys, you know, I, I use the habits reflect the mission with them talking about discipline. Uh -huh. um, so it really is something the the culture is really permeated throughout the school. Um, I've been here about six weeks now, and I've noticed that. Um, and there's just a hunger to okay, hey, we want to be excellent. You know, when we wake up in the morning and we want these kids back to, you know, I'm getting some alumni involved who were here when they won championships. They're going to be on my coaching staff. I'm going to have them come talk to the kids. Um, so I really just think, you know, that, that culture piece is so important nowadays, um, just the mentality, because they see so much on social media that, you know, to them seems like instant gratification. <laughs> they got to understand you're going to grind four days a week and right. the game only 48 minutes on a Friday. Um, but you're earning it starting right now, right in the weight room and running and everything else and, and with their grades. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's always a big, big thing is grades, right? Yeah. I mean, that's more that's most important. I mean, well, obviously, you know, besides that, you know, being a great person and those kind of things, you know. But uh, we always tell our kids, you know, your best ability is your availability. You know, I think yeah. I got that from Tony Holler, and I think he's talking about physical skills, you know. But I use it to our kids with their grades. Yep. You, you know, it's you're you're kind of being selfish if you become ineligible because you're great. Right. You're, you know, you're thinking your time's more important uh, than you know, learning, but that's a whole nother conversation we could have. <laughs> and, and, I, and I think one of the things too, when, when I sort of shared the vision for coming here is, you know, it's, I don't want kids looking at football as a four-year decision. It's, it's a 40-year decision. 
Um, and part of our mission statement is that we use football as a tool to help them be a great part of our school now, but that we want them to be great dads, uh, husbands, and entrepreneurs in the future from the lessons they've learned in football. We want them to be able to have an opportunity to be successful at the next level because of being academically successful. And we're gonna create opportunities for them to win championships if they take care of the other two things. Absolutely, yeah, I love that. And that kind of leads me into my, my next uh, question for you is what is the main thing for a uh, Coach Jason Smith coached football team? Um, and, and I have your answer here and that kind of, it kind of piggies back off what, what we were just talking about there. So what is your main thing? And then how are you going to try and keep that the main thing as you go through not only just your in season, but your out of season as well? Um, our biggest thing is my teams are always going to be disciplined and hard workers. Um, and we start that. Um, I have a thing called crossover pushups that if any of my players were to tune into this and hear it, they sort of cringe um, just at the mention of it. Um, but if we jump off sides, um, you know, we're dropping right then, we're doing push-ups and we go down and up, we say discipline. Um, I've carried that over with our middle school track team. You know, if our foot's across the line when we're working a drill, it's about discipline because, you know, again, that carries over. If, if one of you is offsides by an inch, we're all offsides. Right. We move back. Um, you know, if you miss, if you don't finish the drill, you don't run through the end zone, um, it matters. Having a clean locker room matters um you know getting off the bus leaving it clean we had a track meet a couple of weeks ago we left a few wrappers on the bus we had a reminder not to leave wrappers on the bus anymore uh some sprints and that out on the field so it all carries over to having to meet standards because when they graduate high school we know as coaches and adults that have done it and been there you don't get to just eh, nine o'clock i'll be in 906 904 right. You know, so the, the discipline, the ability, you know, to to make them do something they, they don't want to make themselves do. And for us to pull that out, I think that's going to be the, the biggest thing. And, and we're never going to quit. Um, I don't care what the scoreboard says. You're going to play 48 minutes. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. And that's what we've started um, with that. But I also think that if all I'm worried about is 48 minutes on a Friday night and, and one of my kids and in five, 10 years after I've coached him says, Oh, those were the best years of my life. I've failed that kid as a coach. Right. Um, because as I said, we're, we're to give them tools to have the best years of their life year after year because of lessons learned in football, where they can be that great dad, that great entrepreneur, that great husband. Um, so I think those, those are awesome things, you know, discipline, character, hard work, grit, um, also sense of humor because we're going to have a great time at practice I will cut up with the best of them and uh, you know we'll make jokes we'll play music when they earn it I'm all for that yeah. but at the end of the day they're going to know that I love them as a person uh, they're going to know if I if I jump on them it's about the action not about that kid so that you know and we've got a lot of kids that may need the program more than we need them but that's that's part of our job and that's part of helping teach them discipline for the future yeah, I love that little uh, quote you said there, you know, you'll get after them, but it's about the action, not about the kid. And a lot of time, um, I think kids these days, if you get after them, they think, oh, coach hates me. And yeah, it's like, listen to what I'm saying, not how I'm saying it. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, and, and we're in coaching because we're still competitive, right? We've all played um, and we're competitive as great as heck about it. That's why we still do it, right? That's part of the reasons. And, and so we want you to do it, you know, do it right and, and be good at it. And when you don't, we're not mad at you as the person, you know, we're mad that you jumped off sides or you lined up off sides or, you know, because most of the time it's a silly mistake that you did that was, was, is very correctable. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's one thing I always, I, I coach girls basketball as well and listen to what I say, not how I say it. Right. I mean, I might, I get a little excited because I'm a competitor, um, you know, but I, I, I like that about the action, not about the kids. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, listen um, to, the, to the message and not just the delivery. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Because, I mean, it, it can be one of those things where, you know, if you're getting after a little 120-pound freshman, you know, and you're a bigger coach, you know, that guy can be pretty intimidated, yeah. uh, you know. So, 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and if you, do, you know, you don't want to just always put your arm around them. Sometimes they need to know, right. listen, we're pretty serious about this, right? Like we want you to, to do things the right way all the time, but uh, I appreciate that coach. Uh, so we kind of reached the end here. Um, I just want to have you make sure if there's anybody out there that wants to continue a conversation with you, um, you know, how can they get a hold of you? Um, you know, maybe Twitter emails, however it is so that they can uh, continue having a conversation with you about anything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will share most anything unless they're in my conference. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, my my Twitter is real simple. Uh, everyone will get a kick out of this. It's uh, Coach Shrek, um, like to, like the cartoon character. Um, so uh, that's on you know Instagram and Twitter. Um, okay. And then they can direct message me there, or my email if they want to write it down is J Smith at lighthousecs.org. Perfect. Perfect. And then they can reach out to me and then I'll jump on a Zoom call, phone call and um, share anything. But I want to learn from everybody out there. We all got something to share with each other. I've gotten so many just little things from a conversation from one of these podcasts or a clinic I've done. And I'm talking to somebody, I was like, yeah, but how do you guys, how do you guys handle this? Or how do you do this? And they'll give me a nugget of wisdom that makes me a better coach and us a better team. So it's, it's all about being willing to share. None of us knows it all, no matter what some guys act like. None right. Of us know. Right. Well, I think football, football coaches are the greatest thieves, aren't we? I mean, yeah. very, I don't think we've ever had an original idea in the last 25 years. So no. I think it's, it's great. Well, coach, I tell you what, I've, I really have enjoyed this conversation. I got a pages full of notes here and, and, and stuff. So I appreciate you taking the time. Um, and coming on and uh, hopefully it doesn't get too cold for you this winter or this fall out there in Idaho. Yeah. I'm, first time I've ever had to buy jackets for my coaching staff uh, and worried about warmth instead of what's the coolest to wear in Florida for a hundred degree game. So, right. You got to make that decision. Are you going to be a shorts guy all year round or are you going to be, are you going to wear pants? Uh, game night. I always wear khaki. I can't bring myself to coach in shorts. Okay. Uh, so I'll be in pants on game night, but um, I've done shorts a few times out at track practice and um, yeah. getting the courage up to get it a little bit more. Uh, today was just the thin warm up pants. There you go. Uh, so when I left the house, it was 45 in the morning and at track practice this afternoon, it was 72. So, oh, yeah. I tell you, what, it's nicer in Iowa. We didn't get above 45 today. So <laughs> it wasn't very good. But all right, coach. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for your time. And yes, uh, hopefully Thank we'll you. talk soon. All right. Appreciate it. Have a great night. That's it for our show today. Hopefully you got at least 1% better from listening to today's episode. Please share the podcast and review if you enjoyed and learned today. You can follow us on Twitter at BeGreatFCP. That's B-E-G-R, the number eight, FCP. Or send us an email at BeGreatFCP at gmail.com. That's B-E-G-R, the number eight, FCP at gmail.com. Remember to keep the main thing the main thing and to be great.